This is the Elevate Church Podcast. For a list of messages and for all updates about events and more information, check out our Instagram, Facebook, or visit elevate.city. Thanks for checking out the podcast. Here's today's message. Um, Hey, we're starting a brand new series today called Absolute. And uh, regardless if you're here or online, um, I just really felt um, back at the end of June, the Lord started laying this series on my heart. Just start talking about what we would consider is absolute truth. And we live in a time that truth, and this word truth, varies. And we live in a time that we hear this saying all the time, you live your truth. And um, and it just aligns perfectly with the end times. But we have to come back to what is exact truth and what is real truth. And we have to stand on real truth, and we have to lead in real truth. And so uh, today, if you're taking notes, my message is simply called Jesus is Coming. Jesus is Coming. And so um, we have a, I have kind of not a friend, but a friend in the Lord. How many of you know if you have a brother or sister in Christ or a friend, okay? And uh, I have a friend um, that I met working uh, for Pastor Pat Murray at Living Word Church up in Dayton, amazing church, a wonderful church up in Dayton. We worked there for four years. And uh, this man, his name is Pastor Joe, Joe Morris. And uh, Pastor Joe was on our, on our board, and Pastor Joe would come in once a year, and he would talk, and Pastor Joe would kind of meet with the staff and things like that. And uh, one thing I learned about Joe was that Joe will spend anywhere from three to six months of the year in Israel, Okay. And then the remainder of his time, Joe will come back to the States, and he just travels, and he travels from church to church to church. And Joe really felt this call from the Lord years ago to take biblical prophecy, what the Bible says, and then just reveal it to God's people. A lot of times people are giving you opinions, and they're giving you thoughts, um, I, I don't know about you, but I've met many people over the years where they're like, Jesus is coming back on this exact day. And I'm like, well, if he does, praise the Lord. I highly doubt that you know the day, okay? Because the Bible says no man knows the day. So if you know today, good for you, okay? But Joe is a really, really normal person. But what I love about him is he'll take Signs, Because Jesus said this, he would give us signs. He would give us understanding of the season and the time, we're going to look at that today, that we're in so that we would not be misled, okay? There is a falling away right now. There is a slipping away because people are being misled by untruths. And so today we're going to talk about the truth of Jesus Christ coming back. So, But we're going to look at a video. Joe does a video every single Wednesday, and all he does is takes the Word of God and goes, look, this is happening in the earth right here, right now. So go ahead and uh, play that video, and then we'll jump in today. Welcome to this week's End of Days Update, coming to you from Matthews, Virginia. Having a great time at Cornerstone Fellowship. We were here Sunday morning, Sunday night. We'll be back Wednesday morning and Wednesday night. It's amazing how hungry people are. It's wonderful to be in the churches. Thank God we can get together and meet. I believe we'll be able to more and more. If you're anywhere near the Kansas City area, we'll be in Denver, Missouri this weekend at Lone Star Church, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. It'll be Sunday morning only. 
Come by. We'll have a great time. There's nothing like being in person, hearing the Word of God. The incorruptible seed, when it's sown, it grows up and it becomes. So here at the update, we're looking at things every single week that point to the coming of the Lord, specifically uh, the gathering of nations for the Ezekiel 38 war, because the rapture is signless, but the second coming has tons of signs. But we know the rapture is about seven or eight years before the second coming. So if we can look and see what happens just after the rapture, it gives us a little bit closer of a timetable. And in the past, we were taught that you can't tell when the Lord's coming back, yet there's more verses to show us what it would look like so that we'd know, why, why would the Lord do that? So we'd have a heads up. You think about it, Paul talked about the baptism 12 times, coming of the Lord 52 times. For every verse there is about the first coming, eight times more about the second coming. So all the documentation is so we'd have a heads up. So let's look at what's happened around Israel. Man, so much has happened, and so much I even forgot about last week, so I'm going to try to bring us up to speed. I mean, last week you had a... You had an, a lunar eclipse, solar eclipse on 4th of July, kind of mirroring the, the, the unrest that's in America, the founding of our nation, the United States of America. More stuff to that, but that is kind of crazy to have that happen. I didn't even get into it. We had an asteroid come by the Earth, didn't get into that. But this is what probably is the most uh, amazing thing that happened this last week. You had seven more explosions in Tehran. Remember how it looked like Iran was getting ready with their uh, enriching of uranium to have a nuclear weapon ready. Well, man, Israel planted a bomb. First they said it was a fire, then they said it was a gas leak, and it looks like specific bombs were set up all over Tehran. It looks like the nuclear facility in Natanz is 75% uh, wiped out. Now, uh, that's a big deal because you got Iran sponsoring all this stuff that is a wake-up call for the Middle East. I mean, you had Iranian-sponsored uh, Houthis in Yemen fire missiles at Saudi Arabia again. Uh, Saudi Arabia blocked some of them with their Patriot batteries that America uh, gave to them. So you have Iran kind of doing, this is what they called it yesterday in the Middle East media, was a, a preemptive run-up to what Iran's going to try to do to Israel. Uh, I mean, it's, it's kind of weird when they, they show their cards. I mean, the Ayatollah Khomeini is the one that said Israel is the rabid dog that has to be removed from the Middle East. So uh, you, you see the activity of that happening right in front of you. In fact, an Israeli watchdog this last week came out with a, a showing of Hezbollah. Now, Hezbollah is a terrorist organization to the north of Israel in Lebanon, and they showed 28 new uh, missile launching sites in Beirut. Notice where they put them. They put them by schools. They put them by hospitals. They put them by fast food restaurants. They put them by soccer fields, uh, uh, by golf courses. They, they put the, their own uh, uh, civilians as human shields so they can miss, fire these missiles off. Even in southern Lebanon, if you go down from Beirut and get, over, get almost to the border of Israel, uh, it, there was missile launching sites at their command and control places, uh, uh, missile depots. It was crazy to see what set up all over the region to fire at Israel. Now, what they've done is they've retrofitted those missiles with guidance systems that they didn't have 10 years ago. That's why Israel's having to preemptively strike those those convoys that are coming down from the north headed toward Israel. Israel's had to do that so many times in the last three months, I almost can't even keep up with how many times. Now, there's not really any mention of that at all in the, in the U.S. press. But you got so many things like that going on. Along with in Iceland, you had 13,000 earthquakes happen in three weeks. I mean, there's just activity all over the earth. Just like with the eclipses that you had on the Ring of Fire, you got heavenly activity, you got earthly activity. And you got activity of nations just like Turkey uh, working with Russia right now in Syria. Remember how we talked about Turkey? I love how the news media in the Middle East said that Turkey is, looks as though, this is secular news media, looks as though they're setting up a plan to annihilate Israel. They're around them in Libya, around them in Syria, around them in, in uh, the, the Iraq. Uh, something else Turkey did that I thought was pretty wild. This was a big deal in the Jerusalem Post. 
Erdogan, which is the president of Turkey, changed one of the churches in Turkey that's been there from the 1300s. It's turned into a museum in the last hundred years, but converted it back to a mosque. And this is what he said. He said, we've converted this church to a mosque, but what we're getting ready to do is go get the Allah Mosque in Jerusalem. We will, this is what he said, we will call on Islam to ascend to the to Temple Mount and take the mosque from Israel. So, you're seeing the true colors from Iran, seeing true colors from Turkey, seeing true colors from everybody because Jesus is just about to come back. This is what you'd see would be the setup for the nations around Israel because this is what's going to happen right after the rapture. Now, I hear people say, well, why would we want to know about the coming of the Lord? What, what's the big deal? Well, tell a quarterback in the last two minutes of a game not to show him the play clock. No, the plays are more crucial at the very end. And Jesus rebuked the disciples. He said, hey, you can, actually the crowd, he said, you can tell what the weather's going to be, but you don't know your hour of visitation. So he wants us to know why. We accelerate as we see the finish line. We don't slow down. This is not an escape theology. This is, wow, there's the finish line. We've got to do more in a shorter period of time. Now, many things keep happening all around Israel that it's hard to even get into. The stuff that's happening with Judea and Samaria, you had uh, in America, Mississippi, a Satanist group in Mississippi is trying to keep from having God on the flag in Mississippi. You had 31 states pass anti-boycott, divestment, and sanction against Israel. That's 31 of the 50 states. Why is that a big deal? Because you had France this last week say, we're going to boycott Israel over uh, Judea and Samaria. Everything is going to go back to the borders that were won in the Six-Day War. You're watching a push for that all over the earth because, because Jesus is about to come back. But let's pick up what the Scripture says. There's many signs we can look at, and we'll, we run through them every week. Why? Because they're blatant, they're exact, they're precise, and they show us where we are and how close we are to the coming of the Lord. Number one, Israel made a nation. Number two, Jerusalem won back. Jesus said the group of people that sees those two events will not pass away till all is fulfilled. So then you have the Hebrew language restored. You got the Ethiopian Jews brought back. You got the fertility of the land of Israel. You got the revival of the Roman Empire. You got 172 different species of predatory birds. You got fish showing up in the Dead Sea. That was prophesied 2,500 years ago. When did that happen? Last year, 2019. You had foxes show up on the Temple Mount. I mean, you had uh, uh, crazy, the ritual baths around the Temple Mount fill up with water, first time in 2,000 years. You had Rabbi Iksak Kaduri that got saved. Jesus appeared to him. He wrote in a letter that this letter was to be opened a, a year after he'd gone home to be with the Lord. And in that letter, he prophesied that Israel will be ruled by two Benjamins right before the coming of the Lord. Benjamin Netanyahu, Benjamin Gantz, four weeks ago, decided to rule together because of the COVID. And it's just so wild watching everyone fight uh, Benjamin Netanyahu over trying to protect the land of Israel. It's crazy. So you, you have all the stuff happening that point to the coming of the Lord. Those are signs. Many, many more. Men will be lovers themselves. We have selfie sticks. That's crazy. But you, you have all these tangible physical things to look at to go, wow, that's preaching to me and communicating to me that the king's coming back. So what's the Lord? why does the Lord want us to know this stuff for? Great joy. Paul wrote these things about the rapture so that you'd have great hope and great joy and great expectancy. Uh, this is the time to be happier and more expectant than you've ever been. Like when you're getting married, if your wife's walk, your wife-to-be is walking down the aisle, you don't want her going, oh my God, I'm about to marry that guy. No, you want her excited. The church has to get this mentality that the king's about to come back. I've heard people say, well, we've been hearing that all of our lives. That's what Peter said. You'd be saying that. that. Where is the promise of His coming? Well, we're saying that because He's about to come back. But then you've got signs, you've got signals. You had the blood red moons on Passover and Tabernacles, four in a row a few years ago. When's the last time you had four in a row? It's called a tetrad. 1967 when Jerusalem was going back. 1948 when Israel was made a nation. 1492 at the Edict of Expulsion when the Jews were kicked out of Spain. So, so 
Signs in the heavens tied with massive things happening with Israel. Then you had the Bethlehem Star this last year. You don't hear a lot of preaching about that, but that's radical. First time in 2,000 years those planets came together. And uh, the constellations was Virgo at the birth of Jesus. This last time it was Leo. He's the lion of the tribe of Judah. And then you've got, I mean, this is the crazy one. You've got midway through President Trump's presidency uh, on January 21st, you had a blood moon, super moon, wolf moon. When Trump was born, he had a blood red moon. 700 days later, Israel's made a nation. When Trump was elected president of the United States, Benjamin Netanyahu had been in office seven years, seven months, seven days. When Trump was inaugurated, he was 70 years old, seven months, seven days. Moved the embassy to Jerusalem after 70 years. Pretty radical. Now, this is the crazy thing. The, the name of the president and the vice president of the United States mean the coming of the Lord. Trump, Pence. He, Jesus is coming back on Feast of Trumpets. When you say Trump and Pence, Trumpets, you're saying the timing of the coming of God to the planet. So there's all kinds of things uh, in play here. Jesus is just about to come back. So what do we do? Help our local church. Help our local pastor. Be more engaged. When you're getting ready to get married, it's called being engaged. You talk more, not less. <laughs> uh, spend more time with the king than you've ever done before and pray more than you've ever prayed. Let's get a harvest as radical as we can right here before the coming of the Lord. How privileged are we to all of a sudden get ready to go from faith to sight? We're so blessed. Well, we'll come back next week and look at all the stuff that's happened with earthquakes, look at all the stuff that's happened around Israel and with Iran because Jesus is about to come back. Have a great, awesome week. We'll see you next Wednesday. Come on, give it up for Joe Morris. I mean, isn't that incredible? If you got a Bible, go with me to Revelations chapter 11. Revelations chapter 11. How many of you have read Revelations before and thought, I have no idea what's happening right here, okay? Yeah, all of us. Revelations 11, this is during the tribulation. Verse 3. And I will give power to two witnesses, and they will be clothed in burlap, and they will prophesy during, those, during these days, 1,260 days. These two prophets are the two olive trees and two lampstands stand before the Lord of the earth. If anyone tries to harm them, Fire flashes from their mouth and consumes their enemies. This is how anyone who tries to harm them must die. Verse 6. They have power to shut the sky so there will be no rain will fall as long as they prophesy. And they have the power to turn the rivers and the oceans into blood, and they will strike the earth with every kind of plague as often as they wish. Verse 7. When they complete their testimony, the beast will come up out of the bottomless pit and will declare war against them, and he will conquer them and kill them. Verse 8, their bodies will lie in the main street of Jerusalem, named Sodom and Egypt, the city where the Lord was crucified. Verse 9, and, these, and for three and a half days, all people, okay? And this is what I want you to highlight, underline if you can, says this, for three and a half days, all people, tribes, languages, and nations will stare at their bodies. No one will be allowed to bury them. Verse 10, all the people who belong to this world, this world, we got to make a decision. 
and a choice in these times where you belong. Do you belong to Jesus Christ or do you belong to this world? All the people that belong to this world will glow over them and give presents to one another and celebrate the death of these two prophets who had tormented them. Verse 11, but after three and a half days, God breathed life into them and they stood up. Terror struck all who were staring at them. Remember that, staring at them. Okay. And then a loud voice from heaven called the two prophets to come up, and they rose from the heavens into the clouds, and enemies watched. When I was 13, we took a trip to North Dakota. Okay? Highly suggest never go there. <laughs> There's nothing to do there. I promise you. But we took a trip to go to my Uncle Troy's wedding. And uh, it was the middle of summer, and um, I was told that we were going to a Catholic wedding. Shout out, Melissa, okay? Catholic wedding. It was going to be at a Catholic church. I'd never been to a Catholic church. I'd never been to a Catholic wedding in my life. And the first thing that I recognized when we got to this Catholic church was that there was zero air conditioning in this Catholic church, okay? I mean, it was like 90-something degrees that day, and it was just hot. And I remember being in this Catholic wedding, going like up and down, up and down, and then like up, and, and I'd be like, is this like follow the leader? You know, like, do we get a prize at the end of this? Or, you know, like, I just had a hard time understanding what was going on. But I remember the worst part about it was I thought, this is never going to end. This wedding is never going to end. I'm literally going to die of heat exhaustion in this building because this wedding will never end, okay? So we're there for like a week, and now we're driving back home, and uh, we're actually going to stop in Minneapolis at the, uh, what is it, the Mall Mall of America. Okay, we're excited, like the biggest mall ever, okay? Mall of America. And we're in the car, and, and just let me make sure everybody understands. Like, we weren't in, like, a minivan with, like, like cool screens and movies and stuff like that, okay? We were just in a car, okay? Just a car. All of us crammed into a car, okay? And it's hot. And we're listening to tapes, okay? Anybody remember tapes, okay? We're listening to tape teachings, okay? Now... It's pretty hard to keep a 13-year-old occupied with tape teaching, okay? So my aunt puts on this teaching about the end times, okay? Now, I got to tell you, I'm 13. I'll be honest, I'm just mad. My, my grandparents had just recently passed away. Um, I was mad at God for that. I was in this weird spot of my life. And we're listening to this tape teaching about the end times, and they're talking about the two witnesses, okay? And they're talking about how they will prophesy about Jesus. And they're talking about how every person in the world can see them. And I'm in this car, I'm 13, and I'm thinking, How? How? I mean, come on, guys. Let's, let's go back. It's like 1992, okay? Anybody remember 1992, okay? 
Like, it was cool. But it wasn't, like, crazy cool. I remember um, hearing this report about, in 1975, Bob Jones. Anybody familiar with Bob Jones? Okay, Bob Jones prophesied, prophesied that there would be people all around the world with unplugged TVs. He didn't know how to explain it. But he just said it was unplugged TVs. And I'm in the car and I'm wrestling with this idea of Revelations 11, verse 9, where it says, for three and a half days, all people, tribes, languages, and nations stare at these bodies. How? It's just absolutely clear. It is absolutely clear. It's absolutely clear that they're putting these in third world countries. It will be televised. There will be witnesses witnessing about Jesus in the great tribulation. It will be televised. And they're going to put plagues on the earth. And of course the earth is going to celebrate when they're dead. It says they're all going to watch. So the question is this. What, what do we do with that video? What do we do with revelations? What do we do in this season and time? And I, and I truly believe that it is absolutely critical to understand the time that you are alive, that I am alive. You are alive and I am alive for this moment. God saw fit that we would be alive and on the planet right here and now. So it's absolutely vital to understand the time. And Jesus talks about this. Luke chapter 12, verses 49 through 57, it says this. I have come to set the earth on fire. Didn't Jesus do that when he came? To set the earth on fire. And how I long for every heart to be ablaze with fiery passion for God. But, I'm, but I must first be immersed into the baptism of the judgment of God. This is a beautiful verse. You know why? Because Jesus is saying this. God's wrath isn't going to be taken out on you. God's wrath is going to be taken out on Jesus. We should all be celebrating. We should have poppers right now. We should be shooting guns in the air. You know what I mean? Like We should be so excited. God said, I'm going to pour my wrath out, not on you, but on Jesus, so that you could find life, you could find salvation, you could be righteous when you're not righteous, I could love you when you don't deserve to be loved, my grace can abound to you. This is good news. And Jesus said, I'm consumed with passion as I await the fulfillment. Jesus was awaiting for God to pour out his judgment and wrath upon Jesus. Verse 51, don't think for a moment that I came to grant peace and harmony to everyone. No, for I'm coming and will change everything and create hostility among you. Verse 52, from now on, even family members will be divided over me and will choose sides against one another. Fathers will be split against sons 
and sons against fathers, mothers against daughters, and daughters against mothers, mother-in-laws against brides, and brides against mother-in-law. All because of what? All because of Jesus. And then Jesus says in verse 54, Jesus then said to the crowd gathered around him, for you can see a cloud forming in the west. You can say there is a storm brewing. Listen, I just experienced this, okay? Uh, a couple weeks ago, I went to Lake Cumberland, okay? Anybody been down to Lake Cumberland before, okay? Cool place. If you haven't been there, go there. They got some great lakes. They got some rocks. You can jump off, all this kind of stuff. So we're like docked, and like we're hanging out, and we're jumping off of these cliffs, okay? We're jumping into the water. Super fun, super cool. And I look, and I'm like, hey, Ryan, Ryan Erdo, that's sitting right there. I go, hey, Ryan, I think there's a storm coming, okay? Because why? Because we can look, and we can see the clouds, and we can see it getting dark. And so I look to Ryan, and I go, hey, Ryan, I think there's a storm coming, Maybe we should leave. And what does Ryan say to me? Nah, we're good, man. It's going to blow right past us. We're all, we're fine. We're all good, okay? Can I show you a video real quick, okay? Can you play that video? And it is insanity. It is insanity. All right, so we're, we're, we're in metal boats, number one, okay? Metal boats, okay? Okay? We're out on the lake. The storm starts. It starts raining. Ryan's like, I think Ryan goes, guys, 10 minutes tops. 10 minutes tops. That was, that was your exact words. I'm going to hold you to it, okay? 10 minutes tops. So, like, it's raining, and then, like, 10 minutes tops hits, and I'm like, yo, it's still raining, you know what I mean? And then, then about 20 minutes into it, okay, Ryan's like, hey, it's going to pass, it's going to pass. I'm like, yeah, we might be dead when it passes, okay? 20 minutes into it, that's when the lightning started, like that. I mean, like, feet away lightning were starting, okay? At this point, I, I, I'm wrapped in a towel. I have because we split up boats. I have children hiding, like, like under this towel. I'm like gathered, like I am covering them as a shield, okay? There's lightning, okay? And we're thinking like, man, this is probably the worst of it. No, it wasn't the worst of it, okay? Because all of a sudden it started to blow. And I mean, when it blew, it was like, Ryan said, what you say, 50, 60 mile per hour winds, okay? And we're on this boat. And they're like, it can't get any worse. Yeah, it did get worse. It started hailing on us in the middle of the lake, okay? 45 minutes later, we're like checking the weather. Yeah, 45 minutes. And Jess is like, I think there's more storms coming. I'm like, we're out. Like, we're not staying here any longer. So Jesus says what? You can see clouds, and you can know what? A storm's coming. Verse 55. And when you feel the south wind blowing, you'll say, a heat wave is on the way. And so it happens. Verse 56, this is where we're landing. Verse 56, Jesus goes, you hypocrites. You hypocrites. You are such experts at forecasting the weather, but you're totally unwilling to understand the spiritual significance of the time that you're living in. 
Jesus is going, look at the seasons. Look at the time. They're giving you signs. Fifth, verse 57, you can't even judge for yourself what is good and what is right. Jesus is saying what? It's absolutely crucial that we understand the season and the time that we live in. So three points about the season and time we live in. Point number one is this absolute distraction. Absolute distraction. The other day, we had our family over. Um, we had um, Jess's sister, Lauren, and Bryce, and their children, and we had a bunch of people over to the house, and their little girl, well, she's five, four or five, and she just wasn't having a good day. Anybody as a parent understand that when your kid is just not having a good day, okay? And she just wasn't having a good day, and it was like, it was like kind of like that crazy town moment, like everything is escalating to that point where it's like there's no sanity anymore. You know what I mean? Like a sanity had left like long, long time ago, okay? And so Aunt Jess does what? She does the perfect bait and switch, right? So she comes and says, hey, Cece, let's go outside. Let's look at the floating dinosaur at the pool. Let's get on the dinosaur and what? Dissolves the situation, right? It's a bait and switch. Put up that picture for me. Bob Jones. You got it? There we go. Bob Jones is a great man of God. He's prophesied many of the things that we lived through. And Bob Jones prophesied, and he told people many, many times, he said, listen, when the Chiefs, Kansas City Chiefs, okay, I'm like, why couldn't it have been the Bears? Like, why? Like, why the Chiefs, God? He said, when the Chiefs win the Super Bowl, Know that you're right there. Like revival's coming. This is the same man that prophesied there would be an end age revival. A billion souls. A billion. One billion people coming to Jesus right before he raptures the church. He prophesies this. He prophesies this. And what happens? The chiefs win. 50 years, might I say, since the last time they won. Isn't it 50 years to Jubilee, right? 50 years, every 50 years to Jubilee. So like God's prophesying to us, year of Jubilee, meaning what? He's going to free his people. He's going to bring people back. And then what happens literally two weeks after the Chiefs win the Super Bowl? COVID. We're living in a distraction. We're fighting over dumb things. We're arguing about stupidity. And the Lord's like, you gotta wake up. You gotta wake up. Don't let this world distract you. From what? From Jesus. Keeping your eyes on Jesus. Second point is this, absolute signs. Absolute signs. He went through them. It's really hard because he's going really fast, isn't he, okay? Um, put up that website uh, for me real quick if you're interested, okay? Um, go to his, write this down. Write down this website. 
You can go, you can see all the signs, you can see his weekly deal. It's amazing, okay? JosephMorris.com. Okay? But I'm going to run through just three. I'm just going to give you three, okay? I'm going to give you three signs today, okay? First one is this. Israel made a nation. The book of Luke says this. Luke chapter 21, verse 29 through 23. And then he gave them all this illustration. Notice the fig tree. What is the fig tree? It's Israel. Okay, so when Jesus says notice the fig tree, he's saying, I'm pointing to, to where? To Israel. Notice Israel. Notice the fig tree or any other tree. When the leaves come out, you know uh, without being told that summer is near. Verse 31, in the same way, when you see these things taking place, you can know that the kingdom of God is near. What is Jesus saying? He's saying, hey, watch Israel. And when Israel's made a nation again, what is he saying? It's blooming. It's blooming. He says, be aware. Wake up. Summer is near. What is Jesus saying? He's saying, my kingdom is about to come back. Okay? Verse 32, I tell you the truth, this generation, okay, and I wish I could totally tell you how God sees a generation. I don't know exactly how God sees a generation, but he says this, I tell you the truth, this generation, the generation that would what? See Israel become a nation, right? He says, this generation will not pass from this scene until all things have taken place. Verse 33, heaven and earth will disappear, but my words will never disappear. Israel made a nation, started a time clock. We're right there. I, mean, I, don't know what a, I don't know what a generation is. All I know is that in 2018, Israel celebrated 70 years. What's a generation? 80, 90, 100? Even if it's 100. That's not a lot of time. Time's ticking. Second one is this. Famines, pestilence, earthquakes. Do you hear what Joe said? 13,000 earthquakes in three weeks. 13. 13,000 earthquakes in three weeks. Luke chapter 21, verse 11. There'll be great earthquakes and there'll be famines, plagues in many lands. And there'll be terrifying things and great miraculous signs in the heavens. The earth is groaning. The earth is travailing. The earth is going through birth pains right now, getting ready for what? Jesus is coming, and he's coming back for what? He's coming back for us, but he's coming back for Israel. He's coming back to establish his kingdom in Israel. That's why everybody's fighting for Israel. That's why everybody's looking at Israel. Give you a third one, okay? 172 species of predatory birds have arrived in Israel. This is what Animal Planet said. This is the greatest and largest gathering of species ever. This is what Animal Planet said. And you're like, why? They're there for the great Ezekiel 38 war, the end days war. The end of the tribulation war. Because just like Joe said, what's happening right now? We see Russia, we see Turkey, we see Syria. 
we see all these nations doing what? They're gathering together. They're unifying together. You can look. It's just in blatant. It's just blatant on the news. They're at the borders of Israel. They're setting up rockets. They're setting up military bases. They're setting up things. What? For what? For what? Exactly what? The end days war would be. And this is what God says in Ezekiel 39. After the war, in verse 39, uh, chapter 39, verse 4, it says this. And your armies and your allies will die on the mountain, and I will feed you to the vultures and the wild animals. So what has come to Israel? Why 172 different species of predatory birds? They're the cleanup crew. The signs are blatant. They're pointing. Jesus is coming. My last point, worship team, you guys can come on up. It's this. It's at, we need absolute vision. Look at your neighbor and say absolute vision. Absolute vision. Two things that we need to have absolute vision on is this. Number one is this. Let me make this clear. We will come out of this stupid season. Okay? We will come out of this season. Every time I pray, the Lord goes, don't look at today, look at 2021. Thank you, Ryan. Every time I pray. Remember when Bob Jones said he prophesied a billion harvests? We're like right around the corner. We're right around the corner. Bill, didn't you say the Lord woke you up in the middle of the night and told you that this building wasn't going to be big enough to hold everybody? Yeah? I can't see you, Bill. Yes. We are right around the corner from seeing the greatest harvest in the world of souls. We're right there. I'm so excited about December. My friend, he was supposed to come, Abner Suarez, prophet. He was supposed to come back in March and then COVID happened. We actually rescheduled him for the first weekend in December. Cannot wait for him to be here. What a timely time. The world's gonna be coming out of this at that time. We're gonna be going into revival and then God sending Abner at the right time, at the right time, at the right time, at the right time. But the thing we need to understand about this time until we get out of this is we gotta understand, you gotta take authority. Let me show you something, okay? So every day I take Psalms 91 because this is my sword, right? You go to battle with a weapon. So this is my sword, okay? And I understand that people are getting sick and there's terrible things happening, but I also understand what Psalms 91 says. It says, verse two, I declare this about the Lord. He alone is my refuge and place of safety. He is my God and I trust him. For he rescues you from every trap and protects you from every deadly disease. So every day, every day, I prophesy this over my life. I prophesy this over my family. I prophesy this over my children. 
Every day, I say this. Verse 7, it says this. Though a thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand dying around you, these evils will not touch you. Just open up your eyes. See how the wicked are being punished. If you make the Lord your refuge, you make the Lord your high place in your shelter. No evil will conquer you. And here's my favorite part. No plague will come near your home. But you got to take your authority. You got to speak it. You got to declare it. God gave you a voice and he gave you authority. He gave the disciples authority to cast out demons, to heal the sick, to raise the dead. He gives you the same authority. So until we get out of this, you declare the word of the Lord over your family and the protection of God, the blood of Jesus covers you. And we'll get out of this and we'll go straight into revival. Straight into revival. The second thing is this. You don't want to miss this. Let me make this clear. Jesus established the local church. He loves the local church and he's about to use the local church like never before. Matthew chapter 16, verse 18, it says this. Now I say to you, Peter, which means rock, upon this rock I will build my church and all the powers of hell won't conquer it. Jesus is going to use this church, this building, this time, this season, us as a group unified together to go, guess what? We're going to go get the harvest. We're going to go love people. We're going to go grab people. We are going to be, I've been praying for two years. God, I want to be a part of that revival. I want this church to be a part of that revival. I want to be a part of that time. I want to be there. Don't get distracted. Don't lose hope. Don't lose vision. Just like Joe said, we should be so excited. We're about to see King Jesus. We're about to see him face to face. We are going to see King Jesus. You should have hope. You should have expectancy. You should have life. And you should have a passion that burns in you that says, guess what? The time is near and there is running out of time. And we've got to keep our focus. We've got to stay focused that we are the church. And we're going to love people. We're going to show up and serve. We're going to show up and worship. I told the elders, we're not closing the church under any circumstances. We're going to keep this church open. We're going to keep prophesying. We're going to keep worshiping. We're going to keep worshiping God, allowing the glory of God to cover this land. We are going to be a part of this revival. And we are not going to lose focus. In the name of Jesus, why don't you stand up this morning? Thanks for listening to Elevate Church Podcast. We'd love to have you join us for service on Sundays or at a dinner party on Friday nights. Check out our Facebook, Instagram, or website at elevate.city for more information.